Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. This is something that I was sharing with my elders that God dropped in my spirit. And uh, the more I thought about it, I thought, why not share it corporately here? And if I get that far, I really want to get to a certain point. I don't know if I get there. But if you're taking notes or just to know the theme I want to deal with tonight, uh, I want to deal with the restoration of first dominion. If If you want to write that down. Restoration of First Dominion. Uh, And it's right where we are as a church. Um, If you believe that you were saved for the sake of salvation, you've missed the entire purpose of God's goal. God's goal in your salvation was to for you to dominate, to have dominion, to have rule and power over. Uh, And that First Dominion, Uh, was established, if you want to just write down the scripture in Genesis 1 and 26. Uh, So what you hear us talk about garden theology, Uh, God's whole purpose in the second Adam, which was Jesus Christ, to restore everything he intended in the book of Genesis. And remember Genesis 1, 26, uh, God said, let's create man in our image and our likeness that he may have dominion man was created to have dominion not to be dominated over god created man to rule and reign on this earth uh, in god's stead Uh, and that is a powerful concept he told uh adam he said uh, i'm going to give you complete and total dominion over all the natural world And the reason Adam didn't have dominion over the spirit world is because the spirit world was totally subdued. It was perfect. There was no rogue spirits. There was no demonic spirits. So that's why he told him, you have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air. Remember that? Um, That's Genesis 1, 26. And then in chapter number 2, he said, I'm going to bring all the animals to you, and whatever you call them, that's going to be their name. That was Adam's first act of his role uh, in dominion. Whatever you call them. Whatever you identify them as, call means identify, that's going to be their position. Now that is really important. That's the power that God gave the man. Now I need you to catch this right here if we get to where I really want to go to your position and responsibility. A lot of people has a hard time wrapping their mind around this. But God, in his sovereignty, uh, is beyond my understanding. uh, And he's beyond your understanding. But God, in his sovereignty, created this earth and relinquished its control to man. People said, I don't, they blame, people blame God because he didn't do this. He didn't do that. He didn't do this. Why don't he intervene here? Why don't he intervene there? Amen. It's because he will not break his divine law. He said, let us make man and let him have dominion over this realm. So if God's going to exercise dominion in the earth, it has to be through a man or a woman. It has to be through a person 
It has to be, he established it himself. So if things are not getting done, we don't need to look at God as being responsible. We need to look at us as being responsible. This is very important. If we don't assume responsibility, um, and I've heard people say, well, you got, you got to be outside of your mind. God is God. He can do what he wants to. Amen. There's one thing God will not do is break his word. He is a just God, and he afforded you and I the awesome honor and the privilege to be co-laborers, Paul called us, to be co-laborers with God. As a matter of fact, when God got ready to save man, he couldn't save him as God, as a spiritual God. He had to send Jesus wrapped in the flesh who come through a womb of a woman, and that's what we're going to get into tonight, to have the right to dominate the world we live in. Okay, that's how much responsibility that God gave to man. So uh, having said that, he brought all the animals to Adam and said, okay, you're in control. Uh, whatever you call these animals, that's going to be their name. In other, in other words, whatever you identify them, name there means position. I want you all to think about this. He said, whatever you identify it as, you give it position. We don't even realize the power and the authority that's been vested in us in situations, circumstances, things in our life. Whatever we call it and identify it, we give it that position in our life. That's why it's dangerous to be naming uh, your sicknesses and your weaknesses and your frailties. That's why it's dangerous, amen, when you identify an addiction in your life and then you give it position in your life. Are you following me? That's the power and authority, the same power and authority to be able to identify that thing is broken. That's why the Bible says, let the weak say, I'm healed. I refused to covenant with what anything less than what the Bible says about me. And what I say matters. Are y'all with me? He said, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. Well, that same principle of believing and confessing, you can confess a whole lot of bondage in your life. Are y'all with me tonight? I don't think a lot of believers understand this and realize this. You better be careful what you're calling them kids. You better be careful what you're calling that husband. You better be careful what you're calling yourself. Why? Because if you call it something, you identify it. And when you name it, you give it position. Sometimes we're giving the devil position in our lives. Man, that needs to be talked about. So... Uh, the whole goal is to move past, and I'm telling you, this is where God's got life, church. I'm telling you, yes. So, you kind of told me, I told you, you <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. The power of the spoken word is such a powerful thing anyway. The Bible says you're snared by the words of your mouth. That's the scripture for what you just said. That's in Proverbs, Tammy. I don't know where it is, but we need to find that for you. That's why you got to be careful. Because look, Tammy, God, I mean, Satan can put thoughts in your mind, but he can't control you. When we speak them, we covenant with them. That is dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm no good for nothing. I'm not going to make it. I'm a failure. I'm not saying the devil don't put them thoughts in my mind. 
But when you start speaking them, you're standing in agreement with them. When faith does just the opposite, faith stands in agreement with what God is saying about you in spite of what your flesh feels or sees or how it's performing. Amen? So the majority of Christians never get past elementary Christianity 101 of just being saved. I'm just saved. I got God's spirit in me. I'm going to heaven. But the goal of God is to get his church in a position to where we're not just saved. We are the executors of the will of God. We bring the dominion of heaven to this earth in a way that it destroys demonic strongholds. Because the devil really don't, he's really, you really ain't messed with him just by getting saved. But what messes with him is when you start growing into a realm to where you're declaring what thus saith the Lord and he starts being scattered. That's where God's trying to get life church. So he's trying to restore the first dominion. And I love that concept. Turn to Micah. Michael's a little bitty book way back there. You're going to have to dig and scrape and scratch. It's in there, though. Reason he said, I'm going to restore the first dominion because when God created Adam and Eve, they had perfect dominion. They lost it, right? Adam and Eve lost dominion. They, they lost their power. They lost their authority. And they signed the title deed to this earth, if you will, over to Satan. And God said, no, I'm not putting up with that. I'm going to send a second Adam. So he sent Jesus to recover what the enemy lost. And he's got to do it through you and I. I'm going to prove to you uh, that you have called to be the judges on this earth. The judges on this earth. I'm going to give you scripture for that. Did y'all find Micah yet? <laughs> Somebody said no. Uh, it's right after Jonah. That helps you any? Yeah, right before Nahum. All them books that you don't know where it's at. Haggai, Zephaniah. It's on page 1361. I'm just saying, uh, may I swallow your pride and go to the index? Okay. Micah, chapter number four. This is a prophecy. And I thought this was very relevant for now because y'all been hearing a lot about the mountains, right? The mountain of the Lord. Somebody tell me, what is the mountain of God? Huh? Yeah? Somebody said Sion? Somebody else? Presence of God, church, all of those are what I'm looking for. We're, we're going to so get that in this church. When we talk about the mountain, you know you're talking about the kingdom, the presence, the church, the bride, all the way to Revelations. I saw a city coming down, New Jerusalem, that's all the mountain of God. It all means one thing, it's where God dwells. It's where God dwells. He dwells in his church. It's the mountain of God. Now look at this uh, with that in mind. Micah chapter number 4, verse number 1 says, In the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains. Get a picture of that. One big mountain 
being established above all the other mountains. And it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow into it. This is a picture of the mountain of, of God, the presence of God, the house of God, the kingdom of God dominating every other kingdom. What other kingdoms are they? There's the, king, the family kingdom. When God is established above the family, the family becomes a kingdom family. Uh, media. There's just all kind of prevalent mountains. God's goal is for the house of God or the kingdom of God to be established in the top of all these mountains so that his influence is flowing through families, is flowing through media. Education system could be a mountain. God's desire is for his presence, his kingdom to dominate the education system so that everything flowing out of our education system is nothing but absolute truth. So that, can y'all wrap y'all's mind around that? That's the goal of God is to take over. It's not to come and survive in communities <laughs> and just get by and get along and let the world be the world and the church. No, he wants to restore the dominion to where the mountain of God is above all of these mountains. He don't want to do away with media. He's going to do away with family. He don't want to do away with education. He wants all of them to be avenues of an expression of a good God. Is that fair enough? If we as a church are content with being saved and having a good church, and we have a good church, but sometimes good can be the enemy of great because we get settled with being good when God says, no, I've, I'm creating a church to dominate everything around us. Everything around us. So this is, let's keep reading that, and many nations are going to come and say, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach of his ways, and we will walk in his paths, for the law is going forth out of Zion. Tammy, there's the word you was looking for. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he shall judge among, uh, uh, among many people. This is all a prophecy of God's kingdom taking over, dominating breaking bondages, tearing down the strongholds of hell, setting families free, breaking bondages and addictions and just, just, just everything the kingdom represents. Drop down to verse number eight. And thou, tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, unto thee shall it come, even the... There it is. That's the, that's, that's the phrase I wanted. God said, all of this is the restoration of the first dominion. Look, the kingdom shall come to the daughter of Jerusalem. Now, why dost thou cry out? Is there no king in you? And is your counselor perished? The prophet is almost insulted with a condition and saying, why are you in the shape you're in when there's a king that lives inside of you? There is a Holy Spirit counselor inside of you. But if we don't realize the dominion that's been deposited in us, then we will live a defeated life with all the power and authority and the dominion we would ever need. So he said, I'm restoring it. I'm restoring it. Now, with that thought in mind, that that is the goal, I need you to get that in your spirit. 
Thank God you're saved. Thank God he's blessing your little family. Thank God you got it going on. But in reality, God's not going to be satisfied until his church is the light of the world, the salt of the earth, until she's a city set on the hill and everything else is bowing to it. Every form of bondage that is wrecking God's precious children and family, he said, I have set you to judge that thing. That's where we're headed tonight. You are anointed to judge it. Bring judgment on it. Bring judgment on it. Okay, let's look at the New Testament restoration. He said, I'm going to restore. Let's go to John chapter number 5. The first Adam lost dominion at a tree. The second Adam won dominion on a tree. My God, that'll preach. Whoo, that was just good. I don't think all y'all caught that. <laughs> the first Adam lost dominion standing by a tree, and the second Adam restored dominion hanging on a tree. Jesus came as the example. I'm going to show y'all how to uh, dominate. And then I'm going to empower you to do the same thing. To do the same thing. Oh, I feel something happening in this place. I, I, I may not teach. I may preach. I need y'all to get this. Because this is where we're going. John chapter number 5. Are you there? 19. John 5, 19. I ain't going to have enough time to deposit what I got to deposit. James, uh, John 5, verse 19 says... Okay, verily, verily, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do what? This is important if you're going to be a good judge. The Son can do nothing of Himself, but what He sees the Father do. For whatsoever things He does, these also does the Son likewise. Get that in your mind. Jesus said, I ain't doing nothing on my own. Everything you see me doing, I done seen God do it. Where did he see him do it? Jesus spent hours with the Father. Are you following me? Somebody shout pray. He spent hours in prayer, not to tell him about his light bill, his water bill, or wayward kids, or this and that. Amen. I know we got to talk about that stuff, but he spent hours in the presence of the Father, and the Father was showing him what I'm doing. I'm going to prove that to you. And Jesus was standing there like, wow, this is cool. So when he came down out of the mountain, he said, it's really easy. I know what needs to be done here because I've done seen the Father do it. Are you following me? This is prayer. I done know. You talking about faith on the highest level? I ain't got to want, I can judge this situation properly because I spent the proper time around that thing right there and I know what Jesus, God done and I'm just imitating my Father. If you imitate your Father, you can't go wrong. You'll never make the wrong judgment. Let's these scriptures. God Almighty. These also does the Son likewise. Um, I'm going to read down to 22 and I'm going to skip. 20 says, For the Father loves the Son, here it is, and shows him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that you will marvel. He shows the son all this because he loves him. 
They're in fellowship with one another. They're in relationship with one another. Even Jesus said, I'm not no lone ranger. I'm not just out here doing something, hoping God joins my, my show. He said, he showed me, and he's going to show me greater stuff, and it's going to blow your mind. For as the Father raised the dead and quickens them, even so the Son quickens whomsoever he will. For the, here it is. For the Father judges no man. Somebody read it out loud. He committed what? How much judgment? God said, I have no, I hope y'all received this right. I, I relinquished my rule when I created you because I so wanted to partner with you, Adam, that I'm going to let you have complete dominion. And I'm going to set up here and you just come to me and talk to me and I'm going to let you know my heart and will, but you, you rule and reign it. Man, y'all understand the privilege for God to relinquish such authority to human beings who are so frail? And so he lost it. But look, he's telling Jesus now. Uh, Jesus saying here, the Father, he's committed all judgment to the Son. Okay, drop down to 26. For as the Father have life in himself, so have he given to the Son to have life in himself. Here it is, 27. One of the most powerful scriptures you ever going to catch a revelation of. And hath given him authority to do what? There you go, last part of the scripture. Because he is what? I have given him authority to execute judgment, not because he's the son of God, but because he is the son of man. In other words, the reason Jesus had the right to bring judgment into this world is because he was born of this world. God could not come in as God and rule in this realm or it would not be fair to me and it would be fair to you for a God who had not experienced or bore the infirmities of my flesh to come down and expect me to live on a level in which he didn't dominate first. Am I making sense to y'all? So God had to put on flesh be born of a woman just like you and come in the likeness of sinful flesh so that he would have a right to condemn sin in the flesh. Is that too much? And then give me the power to do the same thing. So what I'm trying to get you to see is Jesus said it out of his own mouth. He's given me the power to execute judgment because I'm the son of man. Because now I have the right to rule in this realm. Angels don't have the right. God don't have the right. That's hard to say, and I know that's hard for you to receive. Amen. Why? Because he said, I'm going to give it to you. He has the right to do it through man. That's why you'll never find one work one work in redemptive of any redemptive nature that God didn't use a man. Matter of fact, he was frustrated in heaven when he looked down and said, I couldn't find a man. 
I sought for a man to stand in the gap, make up the heads, and I didn't find any, so I had to speak to the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among you so I would have an earthly counterpart to bring heaven to earth. God, are y'all listening to me? The only way heaven can get to this earth is through you. The only way the glory can get through to have, uh, on this earth is through you. The only way people can see God is through you. The only way demons are going to be scattered and bound and, and communities are going to be took over, it's by God through you. He said, that's where I'm trying to get you. And you're just happy being saved, singing a few songs two or three times a week, going through a little prayer service and ceremony, and you don't even realize I'm trying to position you to start judging things, amen, uh, and, and I know we have a hard time with that word. We judge, we judge, I'm going to prove to you, we judge a lot of things in the flesh. And, and, and I'm going to prove to you, Jesus didn't judge nothing in the flesh. He said, I don't judge no man, but I come to judge that spirit behind that man. And when I pronounce judgment and I hit my gavel down, he is sentenced. <laughs> God Almighty. That's what true level of prayer somebody in this building is going to step into. So where you are standing as a judge of God, God, I got to go because y'all got to get them scriptures now. I, this, this can't wait till next week. Okay, I read what I read. 27. Uh, 30 says, but here, here's, the, here's what's going to make you a good judge. I can in my own self do nothing. Can you all imagine the Christ talking like this? As I hear, I judge. You'll never be a good judge if you don't hear well. And I'm not talking about hear the devil or hear you, your, your co-partner there or hear your best friend or hear your Facebook. If I don't hear God, I can't judge. That's why we're misjudging and not judging situations. We ought to be judging because we ain't heard the judge. <laughs> Stay with me, Tammy. Stay with me. Sometimes we got criminals running around out there because we didn't judge them. I ain't talking about people. Y'all follow me? I'm talking about spirits, demons. They're just rogue demons running around wrecking homes, destroying moms from their kids and families and, and, and just demons. They're running around. Why? There's no sheriff in town. There's no law. All us little Christians are running around saying our prayers and on our way to heaven, but we ain't heard what God is saying over that situation and said, "You, I mean, get, I'm going to show you some scripture. You ought to be mad and say, I judge you right now in the name of Jesus. Whew, God, this is too much. I'm trying. Thank you, Kamal. I can in my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And here it is. My judgment is... Righteous, it is just, it is fair. Why? Because I don't seek my own will, but the will of the Father. The reason the devil's running wild is because we're judging things according to our own will. And we think people ought to be nicer to us, so we judging them. And people ought to be bowing to us, so we judging them. And these people ought to be acting better than that, so we're judging them. Because it's about us. Jesus said, my judgment is perfect. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Spirit. That's why he could hang on a cross and then crucify him and him look down and not judge the person and say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. 
when he was being killed by them. Are you following me? God has so much work to do to position us to be judges again. Did you know God never intended for his church to have a king? Did y'all know that? Y'all remember that? That's why you have the book of Judges. That was God's judicial system was judges, not kings. Kings become tyrants. He said, I want judges that I have their heart that I can, I can bring judgment to. The only reason we ever got a king or Israel ever got a king because they started saying, we want to be like everybody else. We want a king. We want a king. God said, all right. <laughs> Sometimes God will give you what you want because you won't shut up praying for things you ain't supposed to have. Boy, that was worth tweeting. God said, okay, if you're going to cry and moan, do you think you want it? I'm going to give it to you. You see how that works out for you. It didn't work out. You were created to be a judge. <laughs> okay. Now, that scripture I just read you is powerful. I need y'all writing them scriptures down because I need you praying them. Because you'll never be a good judge unless you, like Christ, realize I don't have the ability to judge it. I can't trust my background. I can't trust my intellect. I can't trust nothing about me. So I'm going to have to go into a closet of prayer. And i got to hear what God is saying about this. Some of, you make some of us make decisions over things we didn't hear God's judgment on it. And we'll make decisions without hearing God's judgment. And as a result, we, we rob ourselves of experiencing the power of God in that situation because I was so selfish and it was about me. Am I the only one? <laughs> Y'all please at least nod or shake your head, yawn, do something. I didn't know this was going to be this rich. I'm blessed already. Okay, now turn to John 8, 15. John 8, 15 and 16 says, You judge after the flesh. Now this is what I want you to notice. Jesus just said out of his own mouth, God gave me all judgment to execute the justice of God, right? Well, now he's saying, I'm not judging. So what's he trying to show us here? He said, you judge the flesh, I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I, am the, but I am the Father that sent me. In other words, he's saying, I judge no man. I don't judge the flesh. A lot of our prayers is pronouncing judgment on the flesh, on the person, on what he's doing. or how Jesus, and when, if that's as deep as we ever get, we've lost. What? <laughs> you look like you died and say something. No, I was saying the more you see, in other words, and the better you hear. If we're not careful, our whole prayer can be wrapped around a judgment of what we see in the flesh. You can't pray in faith. My best testimony is with Larry. And I've given it seven times. I come in here trying to pray, judging his flesh when that cancer was found. And he was so sick. I was judging it by the flesh, trying to pray in the spirit. Until right over there, right there, God allowed me to hear what he was saying and see what he was seeing in the spirit and everything changed. 
You can't pray effectively, and prayer is executing the justice of God. It's standing as a judge if you're judging it by the flesh. You'll look at this community and say, there's no hope. God help them. But what if we could hear what God was saying over Colwell Parish? What if you could hear what he was saying over your home, your marriage, your children, in spite of what you're seeing in the flesh? Jesus said, I don't judge like that. I don't judge like that. He said, you judge by outward appearance. I'm looking inside. So you may condemn a man because of his actions, and God said, yeah, but I see his heart, and that really ain't who that guy is. Can y'all receive this tonight? That, that really, I know they're acting like that, and I know they're, uh, they're um, uh, expressing themselves that way, and by their expressions, you've judged them as mean, nasty, uncontrollable, so you can't pray effectively because you can't see the spirit behind it. Jesus said, I'll step in and judge that spirit and all this external will change. Go ahead. Oh, you just with me. <laughs> Good. So here's a level of prayer God wants to take us, take us to to where we're not just talking about the weather. Are you following me? To where we're literally going and saying, I want to hear. Man, this has changed my life. When I started praying, I want to hear what you're saying about this situation before I start babbling out a bunch of prayers. And it's changing some things. It's changing some things. So, okay, you don't judge for the flesh. Now, this was the purpose of the Word becoming flesh, Jesus, that he could execute judgment. We don't see Jesus as that. But Isaiah prophesied of this coming Messiah in 59 and said, I saw him. He had a helmet. He was like a warrior. Remember that? He had a helmet of salvation. He had a breastplate of righteousness. He was clad with vengeance and had a mantle of zeal on him. That's what Jesus was walking around. See, we saw him, you know, with long hair, carrying a sheep, kissing babies, you know, long robe with sandals. You know what I'm saying? He's just walking around and he's nice and he's kind to everybody. In the spirit realm, he was a warrior. That was spoiling. <laughs> Tammy, you all right? Aunt Tammy? Uh, spoiling principalities. He came, you see it as a healing. In the spirit realm, it was pronouncing judgment on a disease. You follow me? Every, every disease was an injustice. It's an injustice. <laughs> every bondage is an injustice. And someone stronger than the bondman, stronger than the jailer, has to step in and pronounce judgment on the jailer so everybody can be let out of jail. We don't see this happening because it's happening, it was happening in the spirit realm. Demons were shriveling up and dying when Jesus was saying, be healed. That's why the demoniac uh, legion the demon spoke up and said, why are you here to torment us before our time? They may have just saw a man sitting there, got his right mind. It seems so simple. But in the spirit realm, the warrior in Christ, the judge in Christ, pronounced judgment against a bunch of rogue spirits, and they left here running. Are y'all with me tonight? That's where he's trying to get the church to be judges. That I can walk into a situation and and the spirit of the judge is on me. And I can hear what God's saying and then execute the justice of God. 
But in order to do that, I have to be so spiritual that I can look past your stupidity. Most people are plumb mad at drug addicts, homosexuals, prostitutes. Are you following me? They're, they're, they're plumb mad at people who's not loving God and serving God. And as a result, we're judging by the flesh. Are you following me? Huh? Oh, my Lord. That's Ephesians. He said, don't forget, you once in time past were the children of wrath just like them. Uh, so there's two things I'm trying to click right here. Is number one, realizing our responsibility and letting God pull us into the realm. Because if you don't realize your responsibility, we'll rub shoulders with all of this degradation and not know I'm the answer. Or at least I have the answer that I'm supposed to judge this. Instead of walking off and leaving you in prison, I'm supposed to judge this thing. What? I got that from Larry. What? I just love the way he says it. So Jesus' mission was to impose, here it is, you better write this down. The whole mission of Jesus was to impose, and you ought to put uh, impose in big letters, heaven's government in the world. He didn't come into this world just trying to start a little church. He came in, your Bible says, to destroy the works of the devil. He come to impose a heavenly kingdom in an earthly realm. And these were two kingdoms clashing. Two kingdoms clashing. That's what prayer is. Prayer is not a little. There's different veins of prayer. There's the prayer to where I'm talking about my needs to God. I, I, I don't know about you. I don't pray that. I don't, I don't know. I'm just not there. I just feel like. If I'll seek first the kingdom, he'll add things to me. I, I, just, I just don't feel like i got to beg him to meet a need. I, but, uh, but there is the place. He said, you have not because you ask not. So there's different veins of prayer. But there's one we're missing, and it's the one where we enter in suited with the vengeance. And God uses us to hear things and judge things. Okay? That's, that's what I'm after. I don't want to take away the other aspects of prayer. Uh, so Jesus came to impose. Uh, don't turn there, but write this down. Matthew 4, 17 and 4, 23. First messages Jesus came preaching was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent because the mountain of God is being established. Repent because Mount Zion is coming down. The whole government of God. Are y'all following me? That's, that's all the same thing. Jesus said, change your mind because there's a new sheriff in town. That's what he was saying. You change your mind because a new dominion is taken over. And Jesus took over. Matter of fact, his apostles so took over that they said, one city said, oh God, here comes the apostles that turns the city upside down. Wow, what if we become the church that turned the devil's world upside down? Then it would be right side up. Boy, another good one. I just keep coming with them tonight. A lot of our lives need to be turned upside down and then it would be right side up. 23 said he come preaching the kingdom. What is the kingdom? Everything I'm telling you. Healing, deliverance, salvation, victory. All the power and the glory that God ordained you to live in. He come preaching that. That's what he preached. Kingdom. King, king's domain. God's taking over now. Life church. 
This is our sole purpose is to take over. Not with a picket sign in our hand walking around saying, uh, uh, don't take our guns away or whatever all these rioters are doing out there and, and hating abortion and carrying a sign around. Ain't nothing no worse than abortion. But we're not going to win it toting a picket sign. We're going to win it hearing what God's saying to the demon behind it. Are you following me? And that young lady that's being influenced by a demon that you bind the demon so she could be delivered. That's what the kingdom did. It dominated, set you free. It come to release you. Okay, now we've seen that in Jesus. I need to teach you the transferal, but I'm trying to get so. So when Jesus left, look at Ephesians 1.19. If nothing else, write it down. So this was the whole life of Jesus, to come to bring the government of heaven to the earth. He come to impose heaven on earth. No wonder Jesus said, when you pray, pray what? Thy kingdom. So Jesus said, your main prayer ought to be that that government be established right here. Everybody's wanting to go to heaven and can't wait to get to heaven. And I'm... You know, I'm not belittling that. I, I believe in that. I don't preach on the rapture any because I believe the whole design of Christ's coming was to bring heaven here and that they would be that type of rule here on earth. Dominion, the rule of God. So he said, that's what you ought to be praying. Pray for that government to be manifested here. So Jesus transferred. Okay, he said, this is how it works. He come was an example. Amen. He walked and everywhere he went, demons screeched and screamed and come out of people and people, he left a wake behind him of people who were healed, delivered and set free. We don't have all the documentation. There's one scripture that said if everything was documented, the world couldn't hold the books. So we have glimpses of Jesus doing great things, but everywhere he went, demons were destroyed. The kingdom of darkness came crashing down. And, and they followed him by the multitude. Are, are y'all seeing this with me? Amen. He wasn't just a good man preaching a good sermon. He was a warrior with a sword in his hand that was wreaking havoc on all demonic powers and principalities. Destroying them. And as a result, demonics got to go home and raise their kids. And blind men, lepers got to leave their quarantine and come back into the city. Dominion, dominating. And he said when he left, okay, this is the church. Uh, did y'all find Ephesians? I'm not even there. I want to show you now when he left, he said, okay, first Adam lost it. Second Adam's brought it back. Now I'm leaving. What did I tell y'all? Ephesians 1. We'll start in 19. Nathan, he preached a mini sermon on these scriptures, and it's hard to start in 19. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. He said he has exalted Christ and he is the mountain above all mountains, Okay. He is the power. There ain't no name, nothing identified that is as great as our God, okay? But look what's powerful. 
22, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things. What? To the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So what he said is all the power that is invested in Christ, he said, here, now go judge the world. Go judge the world. Not your brother. Not the sinner. That's what... We're, we're, we're killing ourselves with judging one another and judging the sinner. Judge the demon behind it. Judge the spirit behind it. Break the bondage. Amen. Is that, is that okay? Are y'all clear? So there's the transfer. That's the purpose of life, church. Not to try to get this building full, keep the bills paid, help people with light bills and all that is so menial. It's it's. It's, it's the lowest form of an expression of God. And what's crazy is if you're a dominating church around here and with our bills and finances and we have so many people, it's unreal, that we start getting to a position to where we think we're doing something and that is the lowest form of an expression of God. Can y'all receive that without that being an insult? But we, I, I told them, you know, we did that gas buy here a while back and everybody had Facebook filming us. After I realized what we'd done, I was so convicted. I said, don't you ever film another event. Don't you ever film that we're out there buying somebody's gas. Because all that is is saying, y'all look what we doing. I was, it was an insult to God when he showed it to me. Well, you got your reward. You plastered on Facebook and everybody said, look at Life Church. They shining. Can I tell you, that's the lowest, that's entry level of what we ought to be doing. Should we be doing all that? Absolutely, I got scripture for it. But let me tell you, a greater expression of God is a Peter and John who could walk by and say, I don't have the money that you want, but such as I have, I can change your life. Are y'all listening to me in this place? Let me give you something. You think you need a coin in your cup. I'm finna give you strength in your legs, and you finna go make a living for yourself. That's an expression of God. And you guess what? That man hadn't been to church in 38 years. He was in church that Sunday. And he took over the service leaping and praising God. He forgot that he asked for his light bill to be paid. <laughs> this is too much, y'all. God wants us to go to that level. Thank God for this level. But he wants a level to where they are so impacted that they don't pay a light bill for a month. It changes their eternal destination and their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life because we judged a situation and broke it off of them. Okay, transfer of the power, what's that look like? If Jesus transferred his power, what does it look like? Okay, you now, the body of Christ, become the judges, the executioner of God's will. Now, I'm going to say some things in 10 minutes that if you misquote me, it's on you. Okay, but I'm going to stick to scripture and I'm going to tell you what the word says. Turn with me real quick to Psalms 82. I'm going to say what I mean and mean what I say, and I don't mean nothing other than what I say. Did y'all catch that? So if you want to read between the lines and misquote me, that's going to be your business, but I'm going to tell you who you are. Psalms 82, are y'all there? I need you to hurry. God, 
Wait on me, come on. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the what? You know who the gods are? You. The judges. Now, now look, it's God's little G. Because you ain't God. But I want to put this in perspective. God is standing among the mighty. Our churches are full of weak-kneed, pacified, sissified Christians that are struggling not to commit adultery, struggling not to watch pornography, struggling not to, and I'm exaggerating a lot of it, but not too much of it, are just struggling to keep a little bit of peace and joy in our lives so that I'll be saved next Sunday. He said, in my church, I'm standing among the mighty. These judges are mighty. These people here are mighty in my kingdom. Why? Because they hang out with me and they hear what I'm saying. They see what I'm doing. Here is God standing in the congregation of the mighty. I'm bound and determined there can be a church filled with the mighty to where I don't need an accountability partner to beg me to love Jesus another week. To where I'm leaving here. I'm coming to church. Amen. I just come to church to get a little gas. To get fueled up so I can make it another week. No, I come to church because I shot all my weapons, preacher. And I need you to load me up with some more spears. Oh, that's a new mindset. I don't need no gas to keep me fired up. I need you to give me another scripture so I can go use it against the devil out there. That's the church. Listen to me, Kyle. He stands, how long will you judge unjustly, all you gods, all you judges, and accept the person of the wicked, you pimping preachers that's pimping out? (laughs) I need to settle down, y'all. I got to settle down. He said, you ain't judging the wicked. You're just letting the devil do what he wants to because you want to be popular and you want to get your new car every year and you want to have a parsonage back in the back, amen, and you don't have to pay the light bill. (laughs) Uh, is anybody listening to me? He said, he's, 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 he's getting us. How long will you judge and accept the persons of the wicked? Wake up, defend the poor and the fathers. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Those bound by spirits are afflicted. They're needy. It's beyond giving them a little money or paying a few bills. A lot of them we have to pay their bills because they're bound by a spirit that's robbing all their money. What if we took care of that problem? Am I right about it? A lot of us can't do it because we're too busy judging them. We're judging the wrong thing. You're judging the flesh. Deliver the poor, the needy. Read them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk in darkness in the foundations of the earth. How far did I want to read? Uh, six. Look, it's all of it. Look at six. I have said you are what? Am I reading the word of God? Am I reading the word of God? He didn't have a problem saying, I said you are God's little G. Amen? You are God's little G. You hear me? All my children are loves. I don't care what Lacey says. I don't care what Michael Turner says. She's a love. Are you listening to me? They're not the love, but they are a love. People always say to me when I was at home, are you Mr. Love? I said, no, I'm not Mr. Love, but I'm his son. My dad is Mr. Love. Are you following me? That's what God is saying. You're not God, big G. You're not the great I am. 
But he's saying in your Bible, you are gods and all of you are children of the Most High God. But here's the cry. But you're going to die like mere men and fall like one of the princes. If you don't realize... (laughs) If you don't realize who you are, you're going to die just like a mere little human. I didn't look up the scripture, but Paul said in Corinthians, y'all are behaving like mere men. When I first read that as a newcomer, I said, are you kidding, Paul? I am a man. He said, you missed it. Y'all are be- he said, y'all are fussing among yourself. You're behaving like mere men because you don't realize you are God's. It's hard for me to say that because I know somebody's going to misquote me. Y'all are behaving like men because you don't realize you're judges. You're mighty men. And he said, you're going to fool around and die nothing but a mere men when you should have been standing in your home judging demonic powers and principalities and breaking things. Okay, let's go now to... Okay, yeah. But you shall, seven, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the prisoners. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit the nations. Thank you, Russ. Do you know how God is going to judge the earth? I just showed you. Jesus said, he gave me all judgment. So he's saying, arise, O God. The, the psalmist here is bringing out an illusion of who we are, not realizing who we are. Then he breaks into prayer saying, O God, arise and judge. The only way he can arise and judge is for the judges to arise. And as a result, he's going to inherit what? This, this domain. If we don't do what we call to do, God's not going to get his inheritance. What was the Moravian? If anybody's going to know, Nathan, it's you. What was the Moravian motto? Can't either. I know it's only in him. They sold themselves into slavery. The Moravians did. They was way back up. They prayed for so many years. Sold themselves into slavery because there were slaves that had never heard about Jesus. And they got on the ship. And when the ship was leaving, their families, because once you sold into slavery, that was it. You never come out. You never come out. They sold themselves into slavery, and while the ship was sailing all, they could hear them screaming, Oh, that Christ may receive the jewel of a soul in his crown for the sacrifice he made. Something like that. Does that make sense? In other words, they're saying, We're selling our lives so Jesus can get what he deserves because he paid so much. That's the way we ought to be. We ought to be fighting for Jesus to get his inheritance because he died for Logan. He died for Megan. He died for Knucklehead. <laughs> he died for Reuben. He, di- he died for that low-down, sorry, no good for nothing that you think is a plague to our community. He died for them, and that would be a jewel in his crown if we walked in and judged the situation. Okay, I got it. I got about four minutes. Now let's back this up. Turn with me to John 10. You you just don't know who you really are. You just don't know the power that's in you. You don't know the authority you would have if you would hang out with God until you started hearing and seeing John 10, 32. Now... 31, look at 31. The Jews took up stones again to stone him. They got rocks in their hand to stone Jesus. Okay? And it says again. They've tried this before. 
Jesus said, many of good works have I showed you from my Father. Works I showed you from my Father. For which of these good works do you stone me? The Jews answered saying, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. We're stoning you because you are blaspheming. And because you being a man make yourself God. Here it is. Jesus answered and said unto them, Is it not written in your law? I said, you are. Thank you. If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. That was just a little stab right there. (laughs) Y'all, scripture's true. Whether y'all want to believe me or not. It cannot be broken. Say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the word, you blaspheme because I say I'm the Son of God. He took them back, took the own word they're going to condemn him by and said, God called you gods and the scripture came me, and you're going to stone me and I'm only saying I'm the Son of God. I wanted to bring that out to let you realize you have been positioned. Y'all start trying to find Obadiah while I'm talking. As judges of this world. I don't remember what Obadiah is, but I got it written down. And I don't remember where it is. Right before Jonah. Okay. I wanted to tell y'all my dream, but I don't think I'm going to have time. Now, I need to tell you the first, while you're doing that, turn about three more books to the right and find Zechariah and put your finger there. Oh, she still ain't found Obadiah. Keep looking. Amos, if you run across him, or Daniel, Amos. Okay, keep turning to the right till you find Zechariah. And I'm going to have to go drive that bus because there are two full buses tonight. Have y'all got both of them? Okay. First, I want you to look at Zechariah 3 and 7. My intentions was to tell you my dream before I gave you these scriptures, but the dream will have to wait. Are y'all there? Zechariah 3 and 7. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways, and if you will keep my charge, then you shall what? Somebody say it loud. One said rule, one said judge. My house and keep my courts, and I'm going to give you places among these that stand by. This is a picture of Joshua standing in the very presence of God with all these holy men and angels. And God says, if you'll walk in my ways, If you'll be obedient to me, I'm going to let you judge my house and I'm going to give you some divine company. It's when you start hanging out with people who are perfected. When you start hanging, not in the natural, that's going to come Sunday probably, but when you start hanging out in heavenly realms, he said, I'm going to start teaching you how to judge and you'll walk in this house and you'll sense and know that there's a spirit here that ain't supposed to be here. And you'll judge that dude. Because you see, 
Punishment can't be executed without a trial. There has to be a judgment pronounced. You can't just come in here and hope that spirit leaves in a minute. He ain't leaving. And God can't judge it until you pronounce it. No other scripture says, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, we're letting criminals run free. Everybody hates on the sheriff's department. We go through ways. The boss sheriff department do this, do this. We wouldn't have all this drug problem. Really, we need to turn it around and realize, amen, that we got all these demon problems because we're not executing the right judgment. Maybe if we got it right, we wouldn't need a sheriff. Remember, we watched them revival videos. They, they closed the jails down because the church stepped in its rightful position. Obadiah. But here's what I was going to end with. Your first level of being a judge is right here. You can't judge demons till you learn how to judge flesh, your flesh. You can't pronounce judgment and condemn demons to destruction until you can look you in the eye and say, no, you ain't throwing no cuss fit today. No, you ain't getting negative today. They finna shut me down. Look, are y'all in Obadiah? 17. Obadiah 17. But upon Mount Zion, my Lord, they have opened the gate. Shut the gate. <laughs> Look, I love this scripture. This is what I want y'all to pray in our prayer meetings. But upon 17. But upon Mount Zion, there it is, the church, the mountain, shall be what? And what? There's going to be holiness and deliverance and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. We're about to step into a realm where we no longer counsel demons. Oh my God. Did y'all really get it? We're trying to go through the flesh to set somebody free by behavioral modification or following a few steps. But he said, when you learn how to really judge something, they will be deliverance and then you disciple the one in whom has been delivered. God never intended to pay such a high price and then you for struggle for six weeks to quit an addiction. I know it's what it is, but I'm telling you it's not the plan. The plan is to dominate that situation, bind that spirit behind it, set the captive free, and then begin to cultivate a spiritual awakening. Not try to change your behavior with some scripture. The devil is smarter than you are. You better figure that out right now. And he'll metamorphosize into all kind of good things until this is dealt with. This is my prayer, Jennifer, that deliverance come back. My God, I can go to AA and spend the rest of my life and not drink. Are y'all following me? Are you hating on AA? No. No, I'm not hating on it. I'm just saying it's not God's way. God's way is I'm going to nail my son to a cross, amen, so his blood can cleanse your conscience from an addiction and you're not struggling with it in your bed at night. You're praising me for your freedom. Somebody pray that prayer for me and with me over the next few weeks and months that deliverance is coming back to the house of God and we're going to possess our possessions. What is that? It's everything about me. It's my mind. It's my heart, my spirit. I'm taking possession again. You're my inheritance. You're my possession. He said, ask me for the nations. I'll give them to you. That's our inheritance. I want them. I want every mindset. 
Matter of fact, I'll throw this out here right quick because they hadn't opened that door yet. We had that precious Ethiopian family here Sunday, remember? And I belched real loud right in front of our company. <laughs> Michael Turner sent me and said, man, I'll give you a 10 on that belch. I said, are you kidding me? All that sermon I preached and all you remember. Anyway, the Ethiopian family was here and they were so sweet and precious. And I was in prayer the next day and God said, I'm just trying to show you that's the first fruits of the nations and mindsets I'm going to send to this revival. Just saying, that came from God. Okay, the, okay, Jermaine, I'm coming. 21, and that's it. And saviors, man, this terminology's got to be reckoned, y'all. And saviors shall come upon Mount Zion to do what? Saviors, that's us. Saviors, which translates judges. They're coming. They're being built right here. To where we're not just little mealy mouth Christians trying to stay saved till Jesus comes. We're becoming judges. Look, uh, to judge the mount of what? Esau. I ain't got time to teach it. Maybe we'll talk about it. Anytime you see Esau in the Bible, it means the flesh. It means the flesh. There was Jacob and Esau. It means the flesh. So he said the first where you get to practice being a good judge is judging you. Pronouncing judgment on me. Then... You don't have to judge me when I judge me. When I pronounce judgment using the word of God of no, you're not a criminal. You don't act like this. You ain't going to act like that. And if you do, I'm pronouncing judgment on you myself and conviction is coming into my life. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.